welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have the number one legend <laughs> in Phuket making her first appearance. It is the president of Phuket. We got Joey jumping on the podcast. <laughs> the president of Phuket. I Absolutely. Love or the mayor. Whatever. Yeah, the, mayor. the mayor works, whatever. <laughs> now, before we get this started, who are we? Fruiting Body Podcast. I don't know why I do this radio voice. I can't, It's weird. If you ever do a podcast, you just jump into it. Anyways, Fruiting Body Podcast is a Functional Mushroom Company, located on the island of Phuket. This has got to be like episode 115, but we're doing stuff like lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi, all that fun stuff, especially for you fighters out there. Uh, it's all natural, all natty, none of that injection stuff, and it's going to give you that competitive edge that's going to allow you to win that fight. I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit the bell, do all that fun stuff. We're about to pass 10,000 subscribers just in this week. And it's pretty much all for, from Joey. I think she her, her energy was coming on the podcast and they knew it had to be massive by the time she got on. So let's get this thing started. Without further ado, we got Joey. Hey. Hi. Good. Finally. Hey. Yeah, three, I've been dodging this podcast. For three while. years of dodging I the know, podcast. But I actually like just to talk about your cordyceps. I had I had it this morning. Oh, really? <laughs> Before I trained um, for the morning morning class so it's really what do you helpful. find it does for you it helps with my breathing i feel like i don't get easily tired like when i do especially like hit workouts and stuff and uh, i just have this um i don't burn out yeah yeah so. it's even my uh my girlfriend a she said i don't know for males and females it's different she said the same thing yeah it's yeah. the breathing is right. much better it feels lighter and i feel like i don't burn out um easier i can recover easier as well i only take you short find, breaks. like you don't get the burning feeling yes like, you know, sometimes when the, the hit classes are like, you're doing like a, a Thursday sessions are usually right, intense. Right. You kind of like, especially in the assault bike. Yes. You're like, shit, I should not be, I should be feeling a burn. Right, yeah. right. So that's, yeah, it's the VO2 max. It's basically pushing blood into the, like, uh, into the, like, like oxygen, like it blood into yourself. It actually works. <laughs> yeah, it actually yeah. works. Again, we're only using natural stuff. Um, I don't like all natural stuff, but this one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it took you only three years to come on. You're <laughs> yeah. definitely here while we are building it. Um, I'm sure the whole the whole island knows who you are. So <laughs> we, I don't even think we need an introduction. But for everyone that doesn't know who you are, you're so you're half Thai, you're half Filipino. Yes. But you've you, now tell us about your story, your backstory. Where did you actually grow up? So I grew up in the um, Philippines, spent 20, my first 24 years of my life there. And then, um, well... Back then, I was um, finishing my, uh, my degree in public relations and stuff. And then it felt like just the same old routine. Where, and then just uh, the flash in front of me of my life being like, all right, after, after university, what's next? I'm going to get a job, get married, uh, work for a company. It's always like the same thing. So I had this like, like, um, like a block. And I told uh, my dad I was, still, I was still going to class and stuff. And I actually wasn't going to class anymore. And then um, it just took me a while to like confront him and say, like, hey, I think I need to like take a break and then see what I really want to do in life. And I just remember um, being young and always wanting to get involved in, in events, always doing something. Like even during, during high school, I would arrange like parties, like 300 peso parties and stuff. And then, um, yeah, I took a break, actually got in a call center, worked for a call center, um, because at that time, too, the call center industry in the Philippines was booming. And then a lot of my friends in, who had a nursing degree, engineering degrees, they all end up being call centers, uh, in, in being a call center agent, really? because the pay is so good. So I thought, like, what the hell am I studying for if I'm just going to end up in a call center? And I, all I need to do is, all I need to have is to, like, to speak English. 
So I ended up with SBC Yahoo or Toshiba. And then I thought, all right, is this really what I want to do? So I took a break again. And then my sister, who's um, my half-sister, um, she's, she grew up in Bangkok. She reached out to me and I said, do you really, I think you should finish your degree and then come to Thailand and try it out. So I said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And then I wrote, I have this diary that I, I, wrote, I wrote the three things that I wanted um, to have for my next, like, you know, my future life is to um, work in a place where I can actually train every day because I always love sports and boxing and stuff. Maybe that's why I, how I got involved in Muay Thai. And also um, wear fl- flops to work and then meet famous people. So I wrote those three things down. I actually left that diary in Bangkok. And then, um, yeah, I moved to Bangkok um, and um, worked actually part-time in Romrudi International School as a teacher. And then um, I had a friend from U.S. that, um, like, he's, he loves wrestling and MMA and stuff. And he's like, hey, um, do you want to go to, like, an island, go to Phuket, Kosamui? Because have you heard about these um, fitness and Muay Thai camps? And I was like, uh, what, is that? What, what kind of a holiday is this? There's no such thing. I was like, fitness camp or Muay Thai camp. So I said, no, no, just look online. So I was looking for um, um, stuff online. And then I actually saw a camp in Kosamui. And then I stumbled upon Tiger Muay Thai. And then they had the coolest website at that time. <laughs> and then um, my brother and dad was actually like big fans of UFC. And I had no clue about UFC, although I follow boxing. Um, and then, um, yeah, I was just looking at the websites and I asked my brother, I said like, well, you're the one who's in like loves UFC and stuff. Um, what do you think about this place? And then he's like, oh, well, you should go there because the UFC guys go there. I was like, what the hell is UFC? I was like, oh, Roger Huerta, Roger Huerta's there. I was like, and he's like, who's this guy? Oh, good looking guy. (laughs) So, yeah, so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try it out. So we booked for two weeks, um, flew here and then, um, that was it. Like what year was that? That was 2010. Yeah, okay. 2010, yeah. Oh, okay. And then I, that, at that time, it was like really small and there were not a lot of ladies as well. I, did, I actually really felt a bit uncomfortable because of the presence of so many men. I met Woody there. I, re- I still remember to this day when I got in the office, um, um, the, f- the entry area, and I just looked to my right and I was like, who is this huge dude <laughs> that's training there that looks like he, man, it was Woody. Um, and yeah, and then I just ended up loving the place. My friend who originally suggested to go there ended up partying. And then <laughs> I'm the one that ended up staying and liking the, the training and stuff. And Where is she now? He's, he's oh. back in uh, California. Oh, okay. So yeah, so he's in uh, the government work and stuff. And then uh, still, I think he still does a bit of wrestling here and there. So you're Marty, you're if you're listening, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're a part of the, the beginning of that yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're coming to Phuket. This is 2010. What year are we? 2023. You get yes. you get lost here. Everything kind of blends together. Yes. We don't have the seasons here like in Canada, obviously. But you're coming down to Tiger at this point. You're only coming for the training. For the camp. training and let's, just let's connect that story of how did you become the Phuket, president of Phuket? Right. So um, I just found like a place that I thought like you know what I think I could actually work here. Because at that time, um, there was no, um, not a lot of activities. It, there was a beatdown, but there were no, um, like, boat trips for people. Barbecue beatdown. Yeah, barbecue beatdown. Yeah. Dinners, birthdays, and stuff. So I said, like, oh, I enjoy really doing that. So I, I, told, I told them, like, hey, I could work for this place. At that time, I was also waiting for my Thai passport to be 
um, done. Finalized. So, yeah, finalized. So he's at that time too. It's very hard to work, get a work permit. So they were like, okay, as soon as you get your your Thai citizenship, then we'll take you on board. And I did, and they flew me over. And then um, yeah, I just started being under different people that I really learned a lot from. Um, like Natasha, who was the former like marketing um, social media like guru there. So she was pretty much the one that got um, a lot of the guys that are now like doing so well, like JP of Phuket News, Jeff St. Lair of um, now he's, um, well, Adesanya doing yeah, from UFC and stuff and other things. Um, Stuart Cooper, he still does, um, he still uh, teaches jiu-jitsu and also He's one of the top guys when it comes to jiu-jitsu documentaries. So this was the original team, the social yeah, media yeah, team. Yeah, social yeah. media was still a new thing then as right. well. Right. So she was the one that kind of like, hey, we, we have to put a team together to build like, there's so many contents going on and we need a team to do that. So she, um, it's like a, an, an online um, job ad, like, her, like an internship. Like you can train for free, live for free in Thailand for two to three months. And that's uh, when all the applications came in. And then Ryan, um, also Ryan, who ended up in 1FC as well. I think he's already in South Africa. Mitch Vikas, he's still in UFC, I believe. So all of these names, there's so many. <laughs> this is, but this is doing the social media yes, side. Yeah, as the as content, the videos, the write-ups. Um, and at that time, I was just a, a, in, a, in different departments because it's such a small company. So I'm helping out in every department that I can. The front office, the marketing um, um, part, the excursions and activities. And then um, since my degree was in public relations and I had a background in communication arts, I was also like acting as an assistant for a Natasha. And then when the... the um, Everyone else um, left, then I was left behind um, and then had to do like a bit of everything. When did they start leaving? Which year? I think that was about 2015 or 16. Okay, or maybe so a bit before. So at this point After the try, like um, the, the first tryouts. The I, Tiger yeah, tryouts. Yeah. The, tr the famous initial Tiger tryouts. Yeah. With yeah. like Volkanovsky, George was there. Yeah. All yeah, those guys yeah. were involved. So Brian Ebersole was. What um, year was that? 2013, I believe, was our first. Um, so when, when you're coming in like 2010, 11, when did you actually start working here officially? 2011. In 2011? Yeah, 2011 okay. I started working. And then uh, that was it. I think um, work, working with um, different people and also connecting to different places, like for the long longest time, like finding out what activities are good for our guests, going to different hotels. And I love to go out and stuff, so talk to people. So I built relationships over time and then um like helping them and help like helping each other i think yeah that's uh, how i ended up like yeah i mean you must know every single hotel or restaurant on this island yeah right? <laughs> yeah I most mean, of them actually left after um when during covid times but some yeah. are still yeah, here. And Phuket, yeah, yeah phuket's constantly changing yeah. i mean the best restaurants is changing every other week what what was tiger like back in 2010 and 11 like i i've only i only started going to tiger as in like visiting it probably 2016, 17. So at that part, they're probably on their third or fourth or fifth renovation. When right, you're there in right. 2010, like, can you draw that yeah. picture of what did it look like? So coming in 2010, I actually lived um, like near Big Buddha because I thought like, oh, maybe it's nice to actually live away from the gym, but it was too far. And then getting in the gym, um, it's like a, a little shack. <laughs> so we had like bamboo sticks, like a bamboo post and then supporting like steel, like steel roofs. And then there was Tiger and then just rubber trees. And then Tony's restaurant and then rubber trees again. So not not a lot of things going on yet, but Mama's restaurant. No, Mama's and 
Cocoville was already there. So a few of the hotels were already there. I think Tony's was there before us. Tony's restaurant is a legend. Um, and I remember when I would run from Tiger uh, and then run, trying to run to the end of the road, I would get so scared because it's just big trees. And I feel like there's just going to be ghosts at the end of the street. So I would just go back. Um, and yeah, that it was. Um, and then we had to, for us to withdraw money, we had to go out of the road, out of the soy to withdraw money. There was no 7-Eleven and stuff, so we, d we didn't really know where to um, get food. Uh, um, there were like small shacks, you know, the shacks where you sell the barbecue chicken and the sometime. So that was the whole soy. Yeah, yeah. Sometime on the corner of the road and then um, Tiger and Tony's. And what about the two main roads? Were they still kind of bit quite busy as well? A bit busy. Um, not as much. Like um, Chaofa East, nothing going on there. Um, Chaofa West had more, more stuff. Um, and then because of um, the tourism around um, Big Buddha and there's the elephants and the monkeys, the monkey shows, there's already they were already there. There were a couple of apartments um, outside of the road too, like um, really uh, inexpensive. I think that's one of the reasons why I actually, I, at that time I felt, I felt that was a, it was already pricey. Mm. For that time, that's, you can get a place for like 8,000, as low as 2,500 baht a month. To eight thousand, I think Cocoville at that time was the most expensive one, fourteen thousand a month. And um, how is how have the prices changed in terms of rent on in, uh, in and around the soy from two thousand ten to yes. today? I think it's tripled. Really, it's not even doubled. It's tripled. Sometimes as a local, you feel like I can't even afford to live in this place. I feel like the standard salary of everyone is still kind of the same ish. It's gone up a little bit, but everything else is just just blown up. It's, it's just expensive. So, you have guys like Woody and George and, and Frank and Alex and um, many people like Joy have been in the podcast. Yes. They have certain um, physical relationships with not just the fighters, but everybody coming to Tiger. Yes. Your relationship with them is more on the experience side. Yeah, I still remember this. Um, um, Alex, Alex Shield. Um, I remember when he came in and um, um, he was, I think he came from Hong Kong at that time. And then he was staying at the... Um, uh, the dorm rooms. The dorm rooms were like, that was a 2,500 baht room separated with like straws, straw straw walls. And we would hang out there and stuff. And I, we would talk about this because I remember um, the, um, the stuff that we did together to, to be able to support the fighters to fly to Philippines for a jiu-jitsu tournament. And what we did was um, a bike wash. It was Kitty, I think Kitty, Alex, us. So we did the bike wash to raise money. And flew to Philippines for a jiu-jitsu competition. Th those were like well, one of the good memories. Um, Woody, yeah, Woody, I remember him as a, as a guest as well and then ended up coaching. George, I remember when he did the tryouts. At first, I was like, who's this um, arrogant American? <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> oh, no. But he actually turned out to be one of the nicest guys, really. He's always just like with a serious face. So um, I remember he also, um, during the... I think th this was the submission grappling uh, part. He won first place and Volkanovski won second place. So that was the... Hey, George, <laughs> that's the only time you can beat Alex. <laughs> you know what? I think, he's I think he's told that story too on the podcast. Yeah, did he? Yeah, so. yeah. So it was just um, really good memories with them. And then seeing where they started or like what, what we were all were and then supporting each other from the beginning to even before UFC and stuff. It was just good to see. I also even remember... Kai, Kai Kara France, when he came in, he was, there was just like the office and then the boxing area. And I just saw him and he was a like shadow boxing. I was like, who's this kid? I think he's going to be a champ one day in UFC and stuff. And then um, he was, I 
16 or 18, I don't know. He was young. He was young when he, he came to Tiger. So seeing everyone, um, let's start from there. Do you, when, when you're seeing these people like Volkanovski, Kai Kara France, Dan Hooker comes, a lot of names, Tai Tuivasa. Yes. Um, Tai came I, for I, I, uh, weight loss, I think. I, I th- well, no, he's, he said that uh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen him over at Bangtao. It's more, yes. he's like, this is fat camp. I'm just yes, yes. Think. So um, his coach, um, Sean, came in and to bring him pr- over. Probably like one, one of the more famous names in, in coming out of Tiger is Volkanovski and Shevchenko. Yes. Watching them kind of from the beginning of their career to what they are today, uh, and I don't know how much you can talk on that. Have, have you seen them them their, them change in terms of their personality and growth of ce- yeah. celebrity? Or do you still have that personal connection with them? Yes, I think that's probably like what stands out, like what I remember from Alex and, and um, Valentina. Both of them never really changed. Like from, from when I met them, they've always just been consistent always been polite, always been nice to everyone, not, they're not assholes, <laughs> they're not arrogant, and they're, yeah, it's just um, hard work and stuff, and, and then Valentina, when she came in, she said hello to everyone, and then I remember that, w- that time um, Roger Huerta was saying, like, she's going to be the next champion, and then um, Alex, too, I remember Alex, um, they, he would come with, with his wife, now Emma, and um, the sacrifices that they made together to, um, to for, for his camp, they would, f- uh, would with their fir- when their first baby was born. Um, she um, brought her over, and then staying in a small room together. And that's why, um, at that time, I would offer them like, hey, if you guys need a break, I can um babysit and watch Ariana, so you guys can go for dinner and stuff. And it's just those little things I think help. Um, knowing that they flew all, all the way from Australia and then staying in a small room for Alex to be able to train. And Emma has always been supportive of that. So to give them a little break, I feel like that like, oh, that's good for you guys. And then they're, they're, they've always been um, good friends. And I think, yeah, that's um, one of the things that I will ever forget about. Then both of them are just... Like yeah, I, I mean, I've never met Volkanovski. I've seen him around the gyms, but it, he has that presence to him where I don't think he's changed much, like mentally. Yeah, and then when he's around people, people respect him. Even um, after the fight with um, Makachev, mm. yes, um, during this um, the after party, like you think that people would go, like if you if they see Alex, like Alex, no, they would just um keep distance and just like be respectful of his space he's, he has that presence so yeah i think he's <laughs> well, well now you're seeing him probably come back and shevchenko come back to the gym I, i'm using them as an example because they were they've been there since almost as long as you have yes other fighters kind of come later in their career let's say your petra youngs they come at like 2015 2016 uh, new upcomers like Fabricio Andrade. I mean, yes. they're still relatively new. Right, to they've the been sword. there for a while, but now yeah. I think there's, um, yeah, given that chance to train and um, and, and watching them, like let's say like a Shevchenko coming to the gym and and watching her kind of, you know, someone saying, hey, she's gonna be champion. When she goes out and wins that fight and comes back, she grows a bit more. And she yes. goes out and wins that fight and comes back, she grows a bit more. How do you feel when you're able to see that growth and it's right in front of your eyes from right. nothing to where they are? I just get so excited, like starstruck. Like before it was just like, ah, hello. And then now when I see them, I'm just like, I, I get a bit starstruck now a bit, but they're still friends to me. So it's nice that sometimes I feel like, hey, I hope they don't forget me or something like, like hello. <laughs> so, but uh, like Valentina, when she comes back to Tiger, to the soy, she's always like, she would greet 
me as well. I will greet her back. And also when I see that she's um like training and stuff, I also keep my distance. So I, do, I don't want to bug her because I know she's busy. So, yeah. Well, um, not so much into the politics behind Tiger Muay Thai. I'm sure there's been owners and things change hands. Yeah. It grows. It develops. Um, where do you see it going next? Is there th the next level? Can they acquire more land? Can they grow larger? Right. Or do you kind of just see it continuing to be the machine that it is. Yes, because um, I left Tiger actually October of 2021. This was around COVID times and stuff. And um, uh, I left for two years. And actually, like now I, I'm back doing a, a bit of um, help with regards to the media team and stuff. And um, at that time, it was just tough for everyone. And also the like our old team, like the guy, um, that team... What do you call this? Uh, the Hickman brothers. Like the original Yeah, OGs. the original OGs. Um, it was time for us to um, move on. I also felt a bit like that um, when I was a Tiger. I, fe I feel like I've, I've hit the ceiling. Like, okay, I've already reached my dreams there and stuff. And I feel like I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling the growth anymore. So I, I also left. It was time for me to leave. I, I felt like I was there for well, more than 10 years already. And I feel like it was time to move on. But now I feel like it was actually good to have left and... Um, also connected to different gyms. Um, I feel like before it was like Tiger and top team and stuff. And then for me, I think like every gym offers uh, um, something for everyone. So for me to go to Unit 27 and then Phuket Fight Club, Bang Tao, when they open, I was so happy for these guys. Um, and meeting all the different teams, Southside MMA, everyone is just actually like really good and it's really nice and they all mean well and um just want to offer something for everyone so i learned a lot from that also uh temple jiu-jitsu i was working with temple jiu-jitsu when i left tiger they offered me work there part-time and then became full-time for a year so learning from from that i can see that um coming back at tiger i feel like you know what um there there's so much things that, that you can do and actually it would be nice to open up to different gyms and reach out to different gyms and we could all work work together that's just me yeah. well <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess it's like what the a relationship if you let it go and set it free and it yeah. comes back it's yeah. meant to be i right, don't know i don't right. know if that's a relationship <laughs> now with tiger and now it's stronger than ever um now obviously you're working with lucha cantina yes. and you're doing some work with tiger as well can you talk a little bit more, like, what are you doing specifically with Tiger? Now it's more on a higher media level, yes. almost like uh, liaison and helping with the, the right. coordination. So, um, well, after I left Tiger, um, so I was trying to look for work. Actually, I was going to fly to U.S. to, um, trying to fly to U.S. to work with Daniel. Daniel was like, Daniel Wolf was like, oh, I mean, uh, there's probably some work for you here. So while you're waiting for something, might as well just fly here and work with me and stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's sweet. And then um, I ended up um, flying to Bangkok for my interview for my U.S. visa and then Bangkok lockdown. So I got stuck there and I thought, like, what is there? What else is there to do? So I was really pretty much lost a lot of things. And I thought, you know what, I'll just accept any work that comes along. So I ended up working part time for Thailand Yacht Show. And then, um, yeah, the different gyms just helping here and there. And then uh, my friends, um, uh, well, this was when everything opened up. And this is kind of yeah, the COVID right, right. to the opening part. Yeah, yeah. and then um, Ryan was a, uh, has been a friend of mine for many years. Ryan so, Gilbert. Yes, Ryan Gilbert. I, I was really so thankful for them because that's, well, my grandmother told me this. I'm never going to be rich, but I'm going to be rich in friends. <laughs> she does the palm reading and stuff. So I, was saying, I said, oh, that's true, I'll be. So um, Ryan and... Um, 
um, reached out and said, hey, I really want to start something here in Thailand about the restaurant and stuff. Actually, originally it was supposed to be like a co-working space and stuff. And I said when when the restaurant idea came about, I was like, oh, I really don't have any experience in restaurant, but I'll connect you to Ozan and Ozan uh, we've, I've gone to his restaurant a lot of times, Kataturk, and he's been in the restaurant industry for many years. So I connected them both. Connecting. <laughs> and then it worked out. And then they asked me to be a partner in the restaurant too. And that really, I felt like, oh my God, everything's just like coming in, like here and there. And that's Lucha and Flying Armbar. Mm-hmm. And then before that, um, while things were starting to open up again, because you cannot really do parties at the bars and stuff but the boat cruises are, ha- are happening so while i was working par- part-time for thailand yacht show i learned a few more things about the boat industry and stuff and then i since before i would arrange boat trips anyway for tiger um i connected with my friends um, um gary and now yuyi and we started doing something for the soil like that idea was oh let's just do trips like random trips or um monthly trips for for guests that are affordable and fun um, for that um, uh, audience, uh, mm-hmm. for yeah, for for that kind of crowd. I've been uh, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was okay. I, 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 Gary tried to. Gary was trying to jam shots. Yeah, down my Gary. Mouth Gary like, just um, he's a. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the shots, it's like oh, they have the shots. Oh, I was, I was, it was like tequila. I'm like, oh, yeah. No. So um, that worked out really well, and then we thought let's just do this and see where it goes. So right now, because all of us has um, like, we all we all have our different um, like work and businesses. So we're trying to do it on the side, but like Gary's busy with the his dispensary, and then Yuyi has a little hostel, um, hotel, Airbnb, Coconut Wells. So ev- I think every month we try to do one one trip, and then also not just trips, but like activities, like quizzes and stuff, which are now we're doing at a uh, flying arm bar. Well, you got you got a lot going on, a lot on your plate, yeah. um, and, and a little bit of everything. For yourself, I mean, your your network and, and what you've done and grown uh, within Phuket in Thailand, and obviously that's a globalized network. Do you have any ideas outside of that, something that you, you would be able to leverage through that network? Or you kind of really focus on this is still what I want to do right yeah, now? Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people, our friends have told me like, hey, you should be monetizing this, your network and stuff. And I always feel uncomfortable when it comes to that. But I feel like um, I'm pretty happy where I'm at, I am at the moment, like being able to enjoy myself too. And because I like to go out and relax, I don't want to be so slammed with work. And then um, I think I don't need much. I just need enough to to be happy and then get good food. Train, train for free. <laughs> and being a, 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 I'm half Filipino, so being able to help my family back home is always a thing. So that's enough for me for now, I guess. So let's well, see. Well, I see you're, you're, now your family, you're in Philippines, but where originally? Manila or outside? Manila, yeah. So or Manila, Manila Marikina City, which is about 20 minutes away from Manila without traffic. Mm. With traffic's three, four hours. So now, now <laughs> I see uh, the, the family home has been selling and sold. Yes. How, so how, did that, that, how did that affect you? Talk a little bit about your, what was it like being, you know, growing up as Joey in Manila? What was your childhood like? So um, my, 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 mom, my mom was always, um, I think like me, always doing something and um, stuff. So I've always been um, like sporty and always going out. I, I love to go out, out, well, out of house, out of the house playing and stuff. And then during high school, well, the drinking age in Philippines is pretty young. So <laughs> yeah. There is no, it's there's just no, a line. There, yeah, there's no line. But I've all, um, it's very, a very social um, a place. So I'm always out with friends. Um, always getting myself involved in like different activities and uh, yeah, like clubhouse parties. And uh, at, at that that age, I already started like not age six. 
Yeah, not age six. <laughs> no, no. And then my dad actually, uh, my brother was always uh, uh, actually told me, um, you know what, your partying and stuff has paid off because it, you're actually doing good, and then you're still enjoying what you en- love doing and making money out of it. Because back home, you kind of like raised as uh, nothing against it though. Um, to yeah, to to be able to get a like a good college degree, finish your job, and then st- uh, work for a good company, and then marry, you know, have kids and stuff. At the fi- Filipinos traditionally, they're looking for stability, yes, like the, the yeah. family, the parents. Yes, yes. They're looking for you to have that stability. Which I think I still think <coughs> I can do. With or without a husband. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah. After this podcast, one's coming for you. Yeah, Don't worry, so leave, a, leave a link in the description. So I felt like I was, uh, I felt a bit suffocated, I guess. And I thought like, is this really what I want in life? So I thought like, yeah, I think I can, I want to finish something on, on like on my own um, and then um, see where it goes from there. So do, yeah. is there, well, obviously uh, myself living in, in Asia long enough, could you explain like what are the major like cultural differences between like Thailand and Thais and Filipino and Filipinas? I think Thais are actually more open um, when it comes to relationships and stuff, and they're a bit more easygoing. Uh, in Philippines, it's a bit more um, yeah. There's a, a lot of um, what do you call this strictness? Is it like when it comes to relationships and work? I guess it's very probably close like. Close, well, uh, I mean, a, a, a big part of it, I'm assuming, that plays is probably the religion. Thai yes. Buddhist yeah. and Philippines, like, Catholic. Right. I, within your household, like, was there ever, like, a difference in, like, religion would come into play within, like, family values or even at the dinner table? Right. Because my, um, my mom was actually trying to practice uh, being a Catholic, too. <laughs> She's trying, like, well, growing up, my mom, people always ask me this, like, why I can't speak Thai. So she was talking to us in Tagalog. And English actually with a British accent, and she was really pushing us to to learn English. Uh, at that time, and I think it, in the eighties, um, she she thought that we were gonna stay in Philippines because I think Philippines at that time was um, a bit like more ahead of Thailand. And then slowly she saw that Thailand's actually going up. And then sh- that's when she said, like, you know, I think it's um, it's a good idea for us to, like, go back. She's been talking about, like, going back. And, of course, my dad, um, family in Philippines, it's just, it's all there. It's easy. It's easy. So my dad didn't want to move. Um, but eventually I moved out. And then um, um, I have my half-brother and half-sister who grew up in Bangkok. And I have my younger brother and younger sister who's in Philippines. And my brother's also settled with two kids and stuff. He's happy there. So, <laughs> so yeah. And then um, um, I think we had the, the, the family house that you were talking about growing up there. Um, I think maybe my dad thinks that um, we're also going to come back to that house. And that, but for us, like, it was supposed to be probably for my brother and because he's the one with the kids and stuff. But he also wants to move on from, from that house. And then me too. I think my home is in Phuket. And I th- if, if, if I'm in Philippines, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe I can find work there and stuff. But I feel like I can do so much more here and send some stuff back. But your, mo- your mom's still in, she's in Philippines. Oh, my mom passed away when I was um, 14. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I was No, married. that's okay. Where, where is she from originally in in, um, in Thailand? From um, Nakhon Phanom Ubon, so northeast. Isan. Okay. Isan. Yeah. Ah, okay. As, so w- w- as a child, did you get to come to Isan to kind of be a part, like experience that side of it? Actually, yeah, actually, no. Um, Bangkok, yes. Mm-hmm. So I growing up, I was born in the Philippines, and then we would come for visits in Thailand. 
So, but when um when my mom passed away, um I when I moved to Thailand, I actually went to see my grandmother um up north because I haven't seen her for years and just to see my relatives and then meeting my relatives in Ubon everyone was like oh I remember when you were young and I was like I don't remember anyone yeah of course <laughs> and then my my mom my grandmother speaks fluent English because um she she's an English teacher I think this was like during the Vietnam War and stuff like there's a base there or something so she was talking to me in Thai though and saying like you have to have I have to talk to you in Thai because you have to learn the language. But I was just there for three days. <laughs> no idea what's yeah. going on. Yeah, but it was good to see that part of um um my family because maybe that's why I, I started to understand more why I was thinking that way. Why I, I'm more like, oh, I, I need to go out. I need to like do this and stuff. I think that there's something missing. I'm I can't settle at the age of 24 in the Philippines, and uh, it's not. It's not what I wanted to do at that time. So then I, when I went to see my relatives and family, you know, they love to party and stuff. My grandmother drinks. My grandmother on my my dad's side never drinks and stuff. So so that side. Do you, do you still get to see family up in Ubon? Do you visit them or they ever come down? Because I'm, I'm assuming maybe you have aunts, uncles up there, cousins. Um, most of them have moved to Bangkok. So my sister would come once in a while to Phuket, dr uh, drive all the way here. And I would go see her in Bangkok. Uh, my brother was a former recording artist, actually. And, uh, well, now he's getting old, so. <laughs> so he does a bit of gigs here and there. So, yeah. Well, he's, he's Filipino. I mean, that, that, yeah. that would have been yeah. my first guess. <laughs> up up in Ubon. So uh, from your, your grandma's side and, and obviously the, your whole mom's side of uh, Thailand, what, what were they doing in Ubon? Like, what was their, their work up there? I believe it's farming. Most, like, most, yeah, most rice yeah. farming, right. farming. And my, my mom, um, well... How they, how she met my dad. She ended up moving to Philippines and then was working for a radio station. And my dad was in HR, and then that's how they met. And I think that was her background. Like um, also connecting a lot of. I remember her always just meeting up with friends and then um, selling jewelry, snakeskin. I think that's my dad said that's the reason why they were able to build the house because of the snakeskin business. Coming is we coming from Thailand and bringing yeah. it into the and Philippines. Then, um, um, she would also bring in shoes from Philippines. At that time, the shoe industry in Philippines is just so good, the quality of the shoes. So she would bring the shoes in the like, suitcases and then bring it, to, bring it to Bangkok to sell back and forth. She's a hus hustler. I know, hustler. She's hustling. Should have done that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But wh why did she originally even move to Bangkok? You're saying so she, she oh, sorry, to Manila. So she met your, your, your dad in Manila. Yes. Well, what drove her there? Oh, so um, that was with her first partner, who was also Filipino. Same last name. <laughs> Interesting life. But uh, we're all fr we're, we're all like close to each other. Um, I also talked to him. So he was a musician in um, in um, in Thailand. And then that my mom, I think my mom was about eighteen or really mm -hmm. young at that time. And then she he brought her over to Philippines. Okay, so, so this is this is your half brothers. Yeah, in, yes, living yes. In, in Bangkok. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And then with that's why growing up, um, so I was always wondering and asking my mom. I'm like, why is um why is my sister and brother not in the same house? Because we all well, we have the same last name, <laughs> and ah, then yeah, very confusing. yeah. So it's like, where's where's um Ate Ate and Kuya is like a older older brother older sister. Oh, I'll explain it to you when you get older. And then my sister and I have been very close. And then if it were not for her too, like she really helped me a lot. And then um helped me move to Bangkok. Paid for, actually I finished my university here in uh, ABAC in Bangkok. So she did all of that, and then. Yeah, and then um, I thought I was going to end up in teaching because teaching here also you know, pays really well. And then um, I ended up 
here when I when I moved to Pu- when I visited Phuket for the uh, for the holiday and stuff. And I said like, you know what? I think I'm gonna move to Phuket. It's like, are you sure? Like, I'm gonna be. It's, this was my first time to be on my own. 27. That's a bit late mm. for Asians. <laughs> so yeah, and then that that I never looked back. It was a really good decision. Yeah, well, now, now you're working uh, on the soy. I mean, this is the, you're definitely the mayor, at least, of the soy. You yes. got to at least take that. There's a couple of us now. Yeah, you got to take that. Where do you see the soy going? I mean, it's how much more growth is possible. You go down the road. I think there's a, uh, like a Robinson's out there now. Yes. There's plazas out quick. there. Uh, and I then mean, there's more gyms coming up. Uh, on the, like, MMA gyms or fitness yes. gyms? So there's, li- I saw Lions Gyms is opening up. Apollo has, um, it's going to open up soon. I heard there's another big gym opening up um, near the soy. So there's so many gyms. That's why I'm thinking like, oh, with all these gyms, um, you think that it's going to be, there's just going to be too much going on. But I think it's it's going to benefit um, the businesses around it. <laughs> and um, it's, I, the way I see it going, is it would be good for all these gyms to actually connect with each other because it's, it's um it just makes sense all the f- the fighters um they like to they, they like different coaches in different gyms so they're working with a gym in PGA um Phuket Grappling Academy and there's Sammy in um Southside and they they love um Cobes as the strength and conditioning coach they love Woody as the strength and conditioning coach so they love to too bad Maybe they're you all need scattered. like you need like a like a centralized pass for yeah. all the gyms so like kind of in in Canada and the U.S. for golf, let's say. Ah. So in Canada, we have something called Golf Links. Yes. And you pay, you pay. I think it's like five. I never had it. It's like five thousand Canadian a year, whatever, right. for the the whole two months of golf we actually have, where it's not winter. But the point is, you you pay for this pass, but that pass gives you access to like thirty or forty golf courses. Right. I wonder if the gyms would ever consider that. Right. You could be the same. Hey, I, maybe uh, we gotta maybe I, we gotta I, cut, uh, that, cut that part out. <laughs> No, and then, um, um, uh, what was this? I was going to say, and there's so many, f- well, it's been, it's been happening for years now. So many fitness retreat groups or kickboxing groups, um, fighter groups that have been coming here for holidays, like as a group and stuff. So, um, they want to try different gyms and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I, I see, I hope like all of these gyms would um, work together. I think, well, I, I do. I always visit my friends in different gyms and I enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I hope. Who? When you're at Tiger, I mean, you must be at the point where, not not at Tiger now, but when you're you're there, or even just on the soy in general, when someone walks in the door, or someone walks in the door at at, at, at the cantina, or yeah. at Flying Iron Bar, or at Tiger, I'm positive you can stare them up and down and probably tell who what that person's deal is. Are they a backpacker? Are they here for fighting? <laughs> Are they a digital nomad? Yeah, do you have that skill set now? Yeah, I think I think so too. And then when when people I always hear this when people talk about, oh, there's so much drama on the soy. And I'm like, well, I've been there more than 10 years. What drama are you talking about? It's kind of like, well, if you the drama finds you, I think there's people that's um, certain people that say that, you know, there's so much drama on the soy, but you always end, uh, end up in that kind of like environment. Is it stuff. business or relationship drama or both? Both, both. like both. So it's just like, oh, uh, you know, when you see, when when you surround yourself with like good people and stuff and just, enjoying what the soy offers it's not really drama it's life-changing a lot of people have changed their lives there and they always come back because um that's where they reset everything a lot of people come back um for holidays like for christmas they rather spend christmas and new year on the soy than back home 
So, yeah, it's like... When you get a lot of, like, digital nomads coming through, I mean, I'm sure you're meeting life coaches, business coaches, but maybe, so a, maybe a percentage of them are snake oil salesmen. Can you kind of read them out pretty quick when it's like, I don't know what you're up to, like, maybe this person's legit, but whatever you're selling maybe doesn't make sense. Do you get that a lot out there? Yes. Um, yeah, there are a lot of, like, life coaches at the moment there. And then, uh, well, it's so easy when, well... When they follow you or you follow them and you see the content that they have and it's just like. Well, I mean, maybe they reach out to you and and we won't name names or anything like that. I'm not even thinking of anyone in particular, Um, but especially like if if you're they know who you are and you're at, you know, the cantina or you're at Tiger or you're flying armbar. Like, do people reach out to you in that sense where they've pre-planned and they know that they can use you to get a connection. Can you smell that from a mile yeah, away? Yeah, sometimes. And then I would just give them like general information. I, w- I don't want to be rude to them and stuff. I, I do. I always end up like wanting to help everyone anyway. So if they ask these kinds of questions, like so- sometimes it's like, well, it's so easy. You just go to that place and ask yourself. I don't need to be the one to actually connect you to this person. But I just give them like a general like direction. Like, hey, oh, well, you can actually... Yeah, if I, I, I get it too on some some occasions, but it's always, I always find like the one red flag rule of thumb is like, they'll kind of call you up out of the blue or message you and ask you a question that doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. Because they're going to call three days later for what they want. Right. It's just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. What are yeah, you up yeah, to here? What's going on? It's been on? so long. <laughs> What's going on? I, I think when, when you're you're on the soy that long, there are very authentic people. And then yes. it's anywhere in the world. There's there's right. a lot of the bullshit that, that follows along. And, you know, who's selling the snake oil here? <laughs> the snake oil. Right. Yeah. Um, yourself, you're, you're going to be in Phuket a while. Is this it? I mean, and we're going to get to the hard questions in a second. Don't worry. They haven't started yet. No. We're just warming up. Yeah. Do, do you see yourself like being here for the next 10, 20 years? What's your plan? Yes. Well, I was tell- talking to Ryan about this, like our original plan. Oh, my plan too is I hopefully to have enough to, I really want to get a, a property here. Um, Cause I see like what, what, where I'm living at the moment, my landlord, she's Japanese and she has a big house and she turned her house into like two units uh, on the, the, the second floor and she's renting it out. And I thought like, ah, when I reach that age, I think I kind of want to relax and just wait for rent. <laughs> so I hope that I could have enough to get a couple of properties and rent it out, like what Danielle's doing, and then just wait for rent. And But I could see myself still enjoying, like, do social activities, but I can't do that forever. But at least, you, so you have the Thai passport so you can buy yes. it. Like, yes, So that's Actually, the advantage. Yeah. So yeah, th- this makes the whole headache of having to deal with, like, as a f- Farang, it's, it's... Yes, and then before I thought, like, I didn't think about... I've been here more than 10 years and I didn't even buy a house. But I didn't even know that I was going to stay this long because the original plan was like to try it out for a couple of years and end up, you know, and for us Filipinos, we always reach for like the Western side. Like, because my family, uh, most of my, um, um, I have family, family in Australia. So we always wanted to be like, oh, I want to go to Australia one day and stuff. And then this was like a stopover that I was going to go to Australia. And then I actually did go to Australia and I thought like, ah, no, I'm happy in Phuket. <laughs> yeah, when you, end, I, I live there as well. And when you go back to the Western world, Phuket is just, it's the funniest part about Phuket and, and Thailand in general. It's, there's so much like, documentation and paperwork for like actual business financial stuff get a visa do your paperwork so many rules so many rules but you can also probably drive a motorbike butt naked no helmet drunk as hell through a red light and nothing would happen that's what i've done a couple of times like you know when you're like 
about to sleep and you want some knickknacks yeah. and you're already wearing a, like a shirt to sleep and you're like oh i can just drive to yeah. 7-eleven and grab something so i kind of really enjoy that that's the beauty of of living in phuket it's actually the the the, the freedom here even though you know things can be difficult on you know, the structuring of the financial side to be able to, you know, purchase these dreams home. It's getting so damn expensive yes, now. Yes, yes. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're taking that in that right. into consideration. It's like planning to buy a home. Like, I know. Chalong makes done. sense, but right. up here, it's insane. That's the, I know. That's the impossible. And then, huh, I just wanted to, like, that's, that's my plan to relax and stuff, enjoy my life here. I really enjoy Phuket. I think Phuket is my home. Um, maybe if there's, like, um, some opportunities, like, in other countries, maybe for a couple of months, like a little bit of work here and there, but I, this is still going to be my home. Um, and it's given me much more than just income, but like like a peace of mind and also the youth. <laughs> if, if I look at my pictures when I was in my early 20s, I really look so much older. My friends always tell me this, and like, you've aged backwards. Yeah, and then this is just something that you, like, like I really value my my ben happiness in a Benjamin Button. Yeah. <laughs> and then later on, it's going to be going to no. turn into a prune. <laughs> no, just all of a sudden, it's just a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, it. Well, it's okay. If, I mean, how's the Japanese landlord looking? Uh, I know. She's actually. There we fine. go. Exactly. You're, you're that's, taking, that's true. Maybe you're buying her building. I know. It's like, is, she, hey. is she, uh, she's married here with kids. She's alone. She's on her own um, um, with her husband and stuff. Her husband oh, works, um, comes back and forth and stuff. And um, yeah, and she's, she's really nice. I was really lucky. This, this was around um, um, the lockdown and stuff. And then I found a place and sh yeah, really, really, really good value. And she's never really raised her prices. And <laughs> I think that's um, if you're if you're looking to move to Asia, anywhere in Asia, it doesn't matter. The, actually, the number one thing, it's not price, it's landlords. Right. You want a good like I remember I found a place in China when I lived there. that Amazing. Yes. And the landlord, when we came in, you could tell was a lunatic. Oh, no. And then yeah. the number one key, like, I've never had bad landlords or management or whatnot. You, this is the number one thing you want. If not, when anything goes wrong or you want to move out, it's a nightmare. I know. She's so it. sweet, too. Like, Queen Yumi, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, jumping into the hard questions just before we wrap it up. Like, like most of us living in Asia, you know, it's very transitory Phuket's kind of like a Vegas in that sense people are coming and going it's it's not easy to find love to find families to right. build a family to <laughs> to build and structure that life yes. a lot of people end up having to go home and, right. and to make right. that happen um even for yourself I, I asked Joy these questions she's like oh fuck why would you do that <laughs> and she said you've had those conversations yes do you see yourself eventually settle, settling down or what's your plan I yeah, mean, it's not easy here. Right, right. So this is, um, they also call me the Cupid. Of, uh -oh. <laughs> I've, um, the number of boat parties or events that I've done and then these people meeting in these events in a boat party, they're all, they've all met in my events and married. They're like met here and married. And then they always ask me, how about you? What's, when, when is your turn? Yeah, that's true. It's, um, it's very hard because, um, well, I, sometimes I would meet someone really nice, but what, they're here for like a, a week to four weeks and then, if the, the, I see myself moving to that person's like country, no. So that's the hard part. And then here, the people that are actually living here, they're all my friends. <laughs> so I feel I see them as brothers and and, and friends. So yeah, it's um I th I thought of this before. I said like, well, if I really do meet someone and it, it's, it's gonna go that way, then I may have if I'm gonna raise a family and stuff, then I really have to move. But also now I see Phuket has changed when it comes to like. There's so many families here now, like young families. 
back then it was not that much and then now there's so many good schools here too so you can see like i see my friends like george sayat um having kids and then yeah and then i see like oh you know it's actually possible now and there's a, a, a really good environment for them to here so but i don't know i think i after after um covid after the lockdown and stuff um i think because of yeah losing all that work and then savings i really focused on um getting myself back together and until now i feel like once i think once i'm i feel confident or like happy that i've like gotten some stuff that i really wanted to like the house helping my dad with the house and then eventually selling it and that maybe i can start thinking about like all right maybe i'll open my doors <laughs> i never well, close my doors though but <laughs> i think a lot of i, I mean ever since covid ended and even during covid you're seeing a, a new breed arriving the digital yes. nomads that and there's so much optimism too that well like, they can work here now for right, some right. come for three months and then those ones three months are turning into a year and they're like wait a minute there's something special here as well yes i think a lot of them a lot of people got lost that phuket was patong and they don't realize how people big still this place think is. like phuket is patong and i'm just like seriously you haven't seen the south side and the other the other places have you obviously i'm assuming you've traveled to kosamui Copenhagen. you've been here so long correct yes yeah, okay these places would you ever consider moving to and living on no Kopangan, yeah. <laughs> not really for me um bangkok i like to visit once in a while i lived there for like four years uh before i moved here and then kosamui yeah no i just feel like uh, I, for me it's phuket what do you think yeah. the difference is between phuket and kosamui I think, like, for me, I feel like, oh, I'm just stuck in an island. There's no bridge. <laughs> like, it, it feels like, um, yeah. Yeah, it's like a bubble almost yes. as well. And um, I think with the people here, there's more um, people of my, my age, like young professionals, young families, and um, even the older folks. Like, they're still, like, very active, like a very active lifestyle, which um, I think is, um, like, I really value a lot. So I love seeing all the gyms and... Um, even the local people everyone enjoying like the fitness and wellness so when i actually went to uh bangkok for like a fitness summit it's called fit summit yes so um there was a talk about thailand moving to that direction wanting to become like a wellness hub and a fitness hub and um com combining like eastern and western medicine or, like, well, the weren't they talking about getting the the expo here yes the phuket yeah. but i don't think that's happening anymore right oh. I'm not sure. So. I, he I heard. I heard no because I think the the big one was in Dubai not long ago and thought they were bringing it out here. But now, yeah, they're really pushing towards the health and wellness side. I was right. actually. I, I should ask you about that. I'm looking to. I'm sure we can find it online to find um, like exhibitions in in Bangkok that are you know whether they're doing like fitness or health supplements. One where I can go put a booth. Well, there's up. a big one coming up march um the martial arts um summit or something um jade sirius on just came here it's like an exhibition yes so yes, people set up whatever products they're selling and yes i believe oh, okay. so it's a big one it's a big one so march yes march okay. what month are we in november <laughs> it's i <laughs> october 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 uh, yeah. th honestly it's when you there's no seasons i know so i know the months the w it just goes so quick but not in a bad way in a good way <laughs> yeah um, I, that's what that's what i'm I, i'm thinking to push that you're so with with the lion's mane, so you you were saying also uh, we're going to send some. You said your your grandmother has is it early onset 
Alzheimer's, dementia, or no? Or she's just wanna, right. But, um, you just want to kind of yes. protect her now. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, she's she's still okay up there. She's ni- uh, turning ninety nine, so I'm gonna visit Holy. her. Yeah, I yeah. think he said that. Yeah, mine's yes. ninety four. How is she though? She's still. You can have a conversation. Yes, you can still have a com- And I feel like, oh, I think like I really want to give her some stuff, and um, that would help her. So. Yeah, and especially at that that age, they're not traveling anywhere. No. And she's in Manila. Yes, in Manila. Uh, when, when's the last time you've been back? Five years ago. Hey, I'm just as bad. Don't worry. I know. Five yeah. years ago. It's just it's just hard to go back to Manila. First, like, I feel sad when I'm there. Because I feel like, oh, I'm going to leave again. And then I'm going to leave them and stuff. And then the traffic. I can't stand it anymore. So it's just the logistics. The Bangkok traffic yeah, is just as that's bad. That's true. The traffic of you driving back to Chalong is going to be horrible, too. Yeah, I know. It's that's probably going to take you over an hour. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, well, that's fine. So. <laughs> yeah, now now it's getting bad here as well on, on the, the, the That's why I have there. a scooter. People ask me, why don't you get a car? Well, if mm. I really need to go far and it's raining, then that's the only time I really need it. But scooting around here is just so easy. Yeah, and you don't really... Oh, that's weird. I think like the first two years, three years here, every weekend or even every day, you'll go anywhere on the island. Like You could right. be at Laguna and be like, I'm going to Rao Wai and mentally you don't realize how far it is until you've done it 30 times yes and yes. then after about the fifth year if someone's like are you you want to come down to Rawai?" you're like i don't have half a day i know <laughs> it's like, that's so true it's it's great that so the island like for people that aren't aware this island is absolutely massive as well now uh before before we wrap it up just talking a little uh we'll find it ended on a final note just talking about maybe a little bit of the differences of southern um phuket because you know this area better than i think anyone um, you're in the Chalong area. Chalong and Rawai area. Okay, are you closer to the fre- Fresca? Is it or what? What's it? Uh, oh no, no. So I'm closer to like just before the circle, before just the roundabout, before, the, before yes. the circle. Anyone looking to move to southern Thailand and maybe, um, wh- where would you recommend that they w- should move to, or based on like your opinion? Because for example, um, living at Nihar, I mean that's ideal. But right. if you want to train at the Soy, it's not ideal. Right. So, so you want to be in like Vijit. Um, well, Katu is actually sort of, sort of in the middle. Palai area is also like like growing and there's a lot of apart um, villas and houses there. Still really affordable. Um, just um, Pasak. So from the roundabout going towards Kata, that area too, there's a lot of like villages there. Um, Rawai. Yeah. And then um, I, I like being in Chalong too because of like the... Well, when I do my boat trips and stuff, the Chalong Pier is there. It's just so easy um, to get like people from from the different gyms and stuff. And then 15 minutes away is the, the pier. And then now there's the mall. And um, I think up north here in Bangtao area, that's... Well, I, um, so I tried to reach out to um, the guys here as well with regards to trip, but it's so far away from the pier. And I'm not sure if... Um, well, RPM or Alpo Marina, it's more like private private trips so it's not as affordable so yeah, that's um one of the really things that um i like about being down there there's uh, so many activities how, how often now you're only doing the boat trips once a month once or? a month or when there's private bookings and then are you organized you, I, I went on one i think one i couldn't go on how are you organizing it like in terms of marketing it? it's just like through your social media to the world and whoever says i yes, come because so, we really don't didn't want it to become like that big we love like 30 to 50 maximum people um on the boat there's a lot of um, big cruises that our friends do sail away for example for their boat um, foam boat parties 
um, Bangla boat too. So they leave from um, Chalong. So that's a bigger, more like like a party party boat. There's Yona yeah, yeah. now. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. wh- which one? Uh, you were on. You did one recently, and this is like I've been on it. It's 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 on the edge of I could get crazy drunk too. You just you'll pull it back yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. just, you don't let it. You don't completely let it right, go. So it's right. like it's it has a good balance. Right. Like so, so it's pretty chill. We have good food, some sushi, and then some water activities and um. Um, time to snorkel and it's just five it's five hours so it's actually a, just a good from two to seven o'clock and then we do work with different companies uh, um, um banana banana boat um coral island and also badaro um, um yacht club they're really good people so we do work with different boat companies but these are the two that we mainly work with when, when's the next one you're doing um halloween actually uh yeah. we're gonna have a halloween cruise so Uh-oh. all right maybe maybe i'll jump on that one with the yeah. girlfriend yeah I don't know. I've, I've, I, I, every, t- I, the last time I almost, I held back. Gary almost got me. I know. I'm yeah. always afraid of these boat parties because, like, I have it in me just to be like, all right, right, right. You, you, when you're on, it's these actually boats, fun. Um, as long as Gary doesn't pass the shots. Yeah, <laughs> Gary, Gary, Gary. Made his, yeah, he's sneaky. Watch <laughs> if you're watching dinner. this, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, that uh, wraps up another episode. We probably kept that under 50 minutes. Pro- finally, I've done, I've done it. Everyone's probably sick and tired. They're like, this will be 40 minutes and it's <laughs> another hour and 20. Um, just before we wrap it up, it, I'll kick it to this camera to you. If you just let everyone know like where they can find you, if they want to reach out to you for uh, uh, Lucha, Lucha Cantina, anything yes. Tiger, and all these boat parties. There are so many um, IG channels now. I'll just so load it up. Of course, I, you, can all, you could contact me uh, through joey.angelis, like Los Angeles. Um, also, the Island Social Hub. We also have Lucha Phuket and Armbar Phuket. If you want to come and try really good food so yeah that's it yes and a uh a, a maybe buying the japanese lady's house coming yeah. soon. so you'll be doing rentals maybe in the yes, next rentals. Five, five years let's say hey why not it's coming <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on for that um okay that uh, wraps up another episode of our podcast we had the mayor of phuket on uh, or the president of phuket <laughs> I'm, I'm sure mayor for sure on the soy um so yeah thanks a lot for coming on that Thank wraps you for up having another- me episode and we're out okay